Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini. I am on my own today. Grace has the Broadway opening of Anne Juliet, which we will talk about here in a few minutes, obviously. And Ashley had a two-show day, first seeing the matinee of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, and then she was at K-Pop, although that show has had some issues here recently, which we will also obviously talk about. So I am combining both our regular Today on Broadway and the review recap episode of Anne Juliet into one big jam-packed festival for your ears featuring only me, so I apologize about that part. Of course, if you want to hear every Broadway Radio episode, you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Not only can you get the exclusives there, you can get the opportunity to listen to this week on Broadway live while it is being recorded, and you get every single episode before anybody else in the regular feed. All right, let's start out the show with the reviews of Anne Juliet that opened on Broadway last night at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. As you know, this is a musical that takes a new look at the classic Shakespearean play Romeo and Juliet and does so with a score made up of the iconic songs written by Max Martin and others that were Billboard Top 100 and even number one hits for over two decades at this point, dating back to the late 1990s from artists like Sync, Backstreet Boys, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, Celine Dion, and more. The show features a book by David West Reed and is directed by Luke Shepard and choreographed by Jennifer Weber. The cast is led by Lorna Courtney as Juliet, Philippe Arroyo as Francois, Melanie Labore as the nurse, Stark Sands as Shakespeare, Justin David Sullivan as May, Paolo Jatt as Lance, Ben Jackson Walker as Romeo, and Betsy Wolf as Anne Hathaway, Shakespeare's wife. As of recording time, did they like it? The review aggregator site that I normally turn to for these things has not published its roundup. I waited. It is after 11 p.m. They have not published it yet. So I'm just going to go through some of the reviews on my own. I'm going to start off with a review that annoys me a a, a little bit from Jesse Green uh, of the New York Times. He says, quote, They don't even bother to hide the jukebox. It's right there, out in the open before the show starts. A chrome cyclops glowering at you from the stage of the Stephen Sondheim Theater of all places. Are you daring me, Anne Juliet? Here's the thing that I don't like. I have done everything a critic can do to stamp out the jukebox musical. First, that is not the job of a critic. Your job is to review the show and to talk about the show and make sure that you communicate to the audience whether they will like certain parts of it or not, or certain things that you think work or don't. Your job should not be to crusade against an entire genre of musical theater just because you yourself do not like it. This is why I don't tend to like Jesse Green and his specific brand of of theater criticism. But anyway, he continues. I've called it a cockroach, a straitjacket, a leech, a dead fish. I've argued that with few exceptions as a form that's satisfactory neither as music nor as theater, let alone the combination. I've stood proudly, even among my colleagues, as a denier of something that shows like Anne Juliet typically stand for. So shoot me. I liked it. It felt so wrong. It felt so right. I see what you did there, even if I don't really like the way you do it. Uh, He continues. This, even though Anne Juliet, which opened Thursday on Broadway after establishing itself as a hit in London, trails the faint odor of carpetbagging and brand extension that makes other examples of the genre so dispiriting. The show's entire reason for being, after all, is to exploit the back catalog of Max Martin, the Swedish hit maker behind Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl and 24 other number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100 since 1998. That the songs are good to begin with is neither here nor there. They generally are in shows like this, or there would be no audience to pander to. 
Also par for the course is the way Anne Juliet wedges them into unlikely contexts aiming for laughs that are little more than Pavlovian reactions to anticipated familiarity that I agree with. What saves Anne Juliet from being a lowest common denominator corporate byproduct is something else, something I never expected, wit. The wit operates on many levels in director Luke Shepard's super poppy production, including hilarious hybrid Elizabethan costumes by Paloma Young that feature a codpiece the size of a snapping turtle, cotton candy lighting by Howard Hudson, and playful sets by Sutra Gilmore, situating the story in a century, somehow combining the 16th and ours. He goes on to talk very little about the performances in and honestly does a little bit too much talking about the plot as far as I'm concerned, but he does say that Lorna Courtney as Juliet gives a quote, blow you away performance. And speaking of uh, Betsy Wolf, he says, quote, in its Wolf's performance, capped by a roof raising rendition of the Celine Dion hit, that's the way it is, that gives the show its heart, an organ too often unheard from in musicals entirely focused on the ear. So even though this is not a New York Times critics pick, it does seem that he likes it even if he goes above and beyond to prove that he is not exactly the, the most objective person when doing his job on shows like this. Uh, moving to another review, this one from Brittany Samuel, writing for Broadway News. She says, quote, The queer love story that underbellies Anne Juliet is heaps more interesting and effective at portraying the ache of unrequited love than the time-worn heteronormative Romeo and Juliet. But here, the cherished linguistic beauty of that latter work is abandoned for cheaper thrills. In place of imagery laid in sonnets is David West Reed's lackluster book, which feels like it's contorting itself to fit the youthful feminist ethos of Anne Juliet and trying to fortify meaning from arbitrary pop lyrics. Plot, puns, even characters' names are desperate to align themselves with a score of Billboard-certified number ones. She goes in to talk about some of the jokes, which I won't spoil, uh, but then concludes that paragraph saying, quote, Reed's musical exposes the vagueness of Martin's lyrics, reaffirming that most pop is an emotive, but ultimately senseless, sonic experience. I agree, we saw this in nearly every song on Moulin Rouge too, where things were bent to try to make them fit into some story being told that ultimately didn't actually make a whole lot of sense and actually cheapened the story as far as I was concerned. Doing some other reviews, Adam Feldman gave the show three out of five stars in Time Out New York, writing, quote, Keep it light, keep it tight, keep it fun, and then we're done. That's the pithy advice that the indignant 16th century housewife Anne Hathaway imparts to her neglectful husband William Shakespeare as a way to improve his play Romeo and Juliet, which she considers too much of a downer. It is also the guiding ethos of the new Broadway jukebox musical Anne Juliet, a quasi-Elizabethan romp through the chart toppers of Swedish songwriter and producer Max Martin, a diverting synthetic crossbreed of Moulin Rouge, Something Rotten, Mamma Mia, and Head Over Heels. This show delivers just what you'd expect. It is what it is. It gives you the hooks and it gets the ovations. Greg Evans of Deadline said, quote, It's not that Anne Juliet is unenjoyable. It isn't. Somewhere beneath the bombast and repetition and overwrought from minute one approach is a sweet-ish and smart-ish tale that gives voice to the marginalized and, not incidentally, provides fans with the music of Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Katy Perry, Kesha, Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande, Bon Jovi, Celine Dion, and Justin Timberlake a chance to hear their favorite songs in a musical that makes no secret of its identity. A jukebox takes early pride of place on the set. I think the general consensus of these reviews is that the show's fun. It is what it is. As long as you go in kind of understanding what Anne Juliet is trying to do, you will not have a problem with it. I think there is some stuff to be drilled down on that doesn't exactly work. And I think maybe after some time and people kind of get over the pop sensibilities of the show, there might be some issues with it. Brittany Samuel's review talked about the 
queer subplot or, or B plot of the show, which actually takes over as the A plot for most of the show. I think it's very clear that the people writing this were trying to make it a feminist show, a show that celebrates queer uh, relationships and queer people. I don't know that they necessarily did that super well. Not that what they do is is clunky or offensive in any way. It, it just feels like it was shoehorned into the story and there's not a whole lot of consistency with the way that they talk about things or the way that they present them. It felt very much like it was done because they thought they should and didn't actually take the time to do the research and think through how these things should work and be presented. So I'll be interested to see if there's any more conversation about that moving forward, but the show is fun. It's sweet. I think that Lorna Courtney as Juliet was absolutely fantastic and she is a star. Uh, Betsy Wolf is already a star, but as the review from New York Times said, she is the heart of this show as she not only helps her husband William Shakespeare rewrite the show, but also becomes part of it as well. So if you are looking for something that is a bit divergent from all of the dramas and heaviness of some of the other shows that are happening on Broadway right now, heading over to the Stephen Sondheim Theater, which is a very nice theater. I want to make sure everyone remembers that because it's a little newer and has been renovated, uh, it's a much more enjoyable theater going experience than some of the older, more cramped theaters on Broadway. But it's a good time. Not a great show, but a good time. All right, moving on to some other news. Yesterday, it was announced that 2022 Tony Award winner Joaquina Colacongo will be joining the cast of Into the Woods beginning on Friday, December 16th. She will be taking over as the witch through the end of the Broadway run on January 8th. This show continues to just pull star after star after star into the production. She, of course, will be taking over from the role that is currently being split between Patina Miller and Montego Glover. She'll be joining the cast that, as of now, what we know of the cast that will be at the St. James Theater beginning on December 16th, because you never know if there are going to be any other changes. But right now, we believe it'll be Stephanie J. Block, Brian Darcy James, Gavin Creel, Joshua Henry will be returning to take over as Rapunzel's Prince, Danae Benton will be returning to take over as Cinderella once Christopher Rodriguez leaves at the end of this week to go over and do the collaboration on Broadway as well as Katie Garagetti and Harada Cole-Thompson and others. I will not be able to see uh, Joaquina. She is going to be coming in the week after I uh, will be in, on, in town for my next trip. Otherwise, I very well might have made an opportunity to see Into the Woods for the fourth time. But as of now, unless something else happens in the casting, which is obviously always apparently possible with this show, I don't think I'm going to head back over to see it one more time before it closes in January. But, you know, with me and Into the Woods, you never know. All right, earlier in the episode, I mentioned the fact that K-pop has been having a tough time. We've talked about it on the show a little bit, and then it's also been all over the Broadway news here lately. But K-pop has run into a bit of a COVID-19 issue over the past week. There have been a lot of shows that have been canceled. They have had uh, understudies and swings go on quite a bit. So the show decided that it would be pushing its official opening night, which was originally slated to happen on this Sunday, November 20th. It'll be pushing it back one week to November 27th. They will still have like their celebration for the opening night. Obviously, when you have all of the party stuff planned, it's tough to make that change. But the official opening night will be pushed back to the 27th in terms of the reviews. That way they can make sure that all of the critics get in to see the show with the full company on stage. In other news, 
Yesterday, the Broadway production of August Wilson's The Piano Lesson announced an extension. The show will now be playing through January 29th. It is currently the highest grossing revival of a play on Broadway, which is splitting hairs quite a bit and boiling it down to some very finite uh, details because there's not a ton of revivals of plays on Broadway right now, but I'm not mad at them for uh, extending, as I said the other day. This was a show, I don't think it's necessarily August Wilson's best work that we've seen on Broadway ever or in especially in recent years, uh, but the performances are fantastic and definitely worth checking out. All right, real quick, let's step away from the news for a second and talk about our sponsor for this week, Today Ticks. <laughs> I think at this point you all know that as much as I love going and seeing theater, whether it is in New York or here in Orlando or around the country, one of the things that I love just as much, if not more in some cases, is actually planning my trips to see theater in New York, here in Orlando or around the country. And one of my absolute go-tos, no matter when or where I am seeing shows, is Today Ticks. They have an unbelievable variety of tickets to Broadway and beyond, whether that's in New York with off-Broadway, cabarets or comedy, or around the country in cities like Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, Australia, London in the West End, and many more. It is so easy to find and get your tickets on Today Ticks, whether you go to the app or you go to todayticks.com. It is super simple to not only buy tickets to the show that you go there specifically to find, but to also discover new things that you might not have realized were A, even available, or B, even existed. Because they have exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lottery programs of sold out shows, and day of discounted tickets, there are so many different ways that you can buy tickets to shows that otherwise might not have been available and to save money doing it. You can book tickets months in advance like I tend to do, or you can get things the day of if you're feeling spontaneous. There's just no better way to book theater tickets than today ticks. And because just one week from today is Black Friday, the busiest shopping day of the year, Today Ticks is having its annual Today Ticks Cyber Sale. Download the app now to make sure that you are first to know when all of the great discounts and sales happen on the app. So see that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todayticks.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. One more time, that's promo code BROADWAY at todaytix.com slash BROADWAY for an additional $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. If you just ran and got a piece of paper and pencil to write this down because you couldn't remember it, todaytix.com slash BROADWAY, promo code BROADWAY. Getting back into the news, yesterday Deadline exclusively reported that choreographer and director Drew McOney, who was most recently seen on Broadway with the King Kong musical, is developing a stage version of the 2011 Oscar-winning film The Artist about a Hollywood silent screen star whose career is upended with the advent of talking pictures. McOney is co-writing the adaptation with playwright and screenwriter Lindsay Ferentino, who was seen off-Broadway with Amy and the Orphans. McOney will direct and choreograph the show. There will be a series of workshops that will happen in London this coming January and early February, which will kind of determine which way the show is going to proceed. Uh, the hope is that there will be a production ready to open in late 2023. I think this will be fascinating to see how they do this. If you don't remember, 
The Artist isn't necessarily a silent film, uh, not at least for the whole thing, but most of it actually is done in silence um, with background music and a soundtrack. There are a few scenes where there is there is talking, but it's in black and white and, and done mostly like the style of a silent film. So it'll be fascinating to see how they adapt it for the stage, but having a choreographer also be the person who is directing it and writing it certainly lends some insight into the way that they'll approach it. I'll be fascinated to see what they do with this piece. Coming back across the pond from London where those workshops will happen, hopefully not doing it on a great big ship sailing across the ocean. But yesterday, the returning off-Broadway production of Titanic announced two new cast members that'll be joining the production when it sets up shop at the Daryl Roth Theater beginning on November 20th. Joining the production in the role of Rose will be Carrie St. Louis and Russell Daniels will be playing Ruth. They will be joining a company that includes the original cast members and co-authors Marla Mendel as Celine Dion and Constantine Rasuli as Jack. Uh, also returning to the company will be Frankie Grande as Victor Garber, John Riddle as Cal and others. Uh, one thing I will note that Carrie St. Louis, of course, starred opposite Constantine Rasuli in another parody musical. They did Cruel Intentions together. So kind of a return to this type of musical theater storytelling for the two of them together. Also yesterday, it was announced by the Manhattan Theater Club that Tony Award and Emmy Award nominee Jessica Hecht will be joining Tony Award and Academy Award nominee Laura Lenny in the upcoming world premiere of David Auburn's play Summer 1976. That'll be directed by Daniel Sullivan. The show will begin previews on April 4th with an opening night coming up on April 25th. The show from Pulitzer Prize winner Auburn is about connection, memories, and the small moments that can change the course of our lives. One fateful summer, an unlikely friendship develops between Diana, who is Lenny's character, a fiercely iconoclastic artist and single mom, and Alice, Peck's character, a free-spirited yet naive young housewife. As the bicentennial is celebrated across the country, these two young women in Ohio navigate motherhood, ambition, and intimacy and help each other discover their own independence. Getting a cast like that, from a playwright like that, this is certainly one to keep an eye out for next year when it plays the Samuel J. Friedman Theater on Broadway. And finally, in uh, our news, we'll be heading downtown to the Public Theater where they announced the casting for the world premiere of The Harder They Come, a musical adaptation of a classic Jamaican film. The musical will feature a book by Pulitzer Prize winner Susan Laurie Parks, who is all over the place right now with Top Dog Underdog on Broadway and plays for the Plague Years currently happening at the Public at Joe's Pub. These songs are by legendary musician Jimmy Cliff. It is directed uh, by Tony Tacone and co-directed by Sergio Trujillo. The cast will feature Jeanette Bairdell, Sean Bowers, Andrew Clark, Jamal Christopher Douglas, Dana Marie Ingram, Dominique Johnson, Chelsea Ann Jones, Morgan McGee, Jacob Ming Trent, Alicia Morgan, Ken Robinson, and others. Performances will begin on Thursday, February 16th, and it's currently scheduled to run through Sunday, March 26th. All right, let's wrap up the show with a feel-good recommendation, and this is yet another track released from the soundtrack of Matilda the Musical, the movie. The soundtrack actually is released today. It is available now if you're listening to this in the regular feed. Um, so check out When I Grow Up in the show notes, and you can get the entire soundtrack wherever you find your music. 
All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Have a wonderful Friday and wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday.